Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 20th of September 2011. For newcomers, I always start off by advising you to go into the website making good use of it, cuttingthroughthematrix.com and you'll find hundreds of audios where I try and give you shortcuts to understanding this big system in which you live and bypassing the left-right paradigms that they give you, the paradoxes and the fact that they give you, they always end up on the same road at the very end. Just follow them through, right wing, left wing. It's all to do really with how to manage the masses. So they always come up with the same uh, agendas and uh, nothing really changes. Plus the private banking system, uh, central banking system rules the world. Unless that's touched, nothing's going to change. So help yourself to the audios. And remember too, you're the audience that bring me to you. You can support me by buying the books and discs I've got at CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. They're different. The books are different from other books. I show you how down through the ages people have been conned by those who understood the art of conology, the technique of controlling the masses, giving them various religions or altering the religions they already had if they're invaded, and making them serve the system as opposed to serving the people. And it's a very old, old technique. Uh, knowledge is never lost, especially by those who want to rule. They have archives of information going back for thousands of years. You'll notice that, too, all governments have historians on the panels, and we talked about that tonight, too. Uh, they bring them in all the time, to the State Department especially, and they advise governments on policies, etc., because they can compare it with what happened down through the ages, what formulas particularly uh, would work uh, for upcoming agendas. So nothing is lost, nothing has changed. Formulas will always work if they're introduced in the same order. So from the U.S. to Canada, to purchase the books and discs, you can send a personal check or an international postal money order, or you can send cash, or you can use PayPal. On the com site, thecuttingthroughmatrix.com, you'll find out how to do it. And um, remember, straight donations are really uh, welcome as well, because things are tough, as you, I'm sure you well know. And across the rest of the world, Western Union, MoneyGram are okay, and you've got PayPal again to order or donate. It's up to you how you want to do it. But... I was thinking about that today too. There are so, there's so much information out, out there on history. Uh, and again, mainly authorized histories. And then down through histories, when you had revolutions and so on, you had different people coming forwards and writing a counter to this present systems they found themselves living in. And you find that's always the way it goes. Before revolutions, people come out and point out all the bad things about the system. In reality, it's been the same bunch behind a lot of revolutions down through history so that they can get their bunch in. And what you're, you're seeing today with the globalism is simply the end product of one group really uh, hopscotching over everybody else to get their own system and always using the masses, promising them freedom and prosperity and all the usual stuff, and they helped get, to get them in. We are run, as I say, by private central banks. Governments should not be borrowing from private banks in the first place. And as long as you are, you'll always be in debt. 
Plus, if you're a citizen, you're, you're, down, you're liable to pay off all the debts which they default on, or even the loans that your governments give out, that, like they're acting as bankers as well, giving out loans to countries that can never pay them back. Uh, well, you will pay it back because, you see, your country borrows the money to give out in the first place, and then you put down as a guarantor. So this is a perpetual slavery system. They call it interdependence, by the way. And we're supposed to applaud it and think it's all, all very wonderful. But in reality, it's a perfect slave system. And we're indoctrinated from our birth right through our lives too, to, to a die. In fact, most folk die never knowing that, that most of the thoughts in their heads, most of the things they'll even cry for, the flags, emblems, the song, songs are all given to them by this fascist communist elite at the top because it's, it's two wings on the same bird left and right. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix and, and just talking about the system we, we live in, how we're really ushered into each sheep pen, basically. We, we get kind of content in the same field for a while and our masters want us to move to the next field or into a, a pen and they, they give us frightening and, and terrifying scenarios that are going to happen if we don't move. And gradually we start drifting off, we follow the leaders and the rest of society goes, which means that everybody then goes because they all follow each other. And they all, all want to be normal. And since the bulk are going, the guess to be normal is to go with the bulk. That's how they think. And they end up going into austerity and various other uh, wonderful ideas and systems that are brought in for them. And they're already prepared for it. Well, what can you do? The whole world's falling apart, according to the IMF. And uh, we've got to amalgamate um, economies and, uh, and share the wealth that you've got across the planet, supposedly, which is wonderful for the big boys who run what appears to be a sort of communist socialist system. But it's not really. You see, they're on both sides of it. They love to use that, so- that socialist system of equality and sharing the wealth because, you see, it's your cash that's going off to their own international corporations that just put them all over the planet. And that's where the money goes. It doesn't go to third world at all. And it goes for cheap labor, too. So everything is really a con, and it's called conology. And here's an example how you're conned, even with the... We've had so many Al Gore scams and many other scams. I've put some websites up before where you'll see all the incredible comments that Al Gore has unabashedly said. And even right down to inventing the Internet and things like that. Uh, but uh, even to do with islands, which would capsize, they'd literally turn up if the people moved to the other side. You must think islands float. No kidding. This this idiot that's put up there uh, with lots of cash and he's got some authority, therefore most folk listen to him, must be true. He can't be so rich and, and be an idiot at the same time. But absolutely he can. And uh, all you need is a helping hand up there if you belong to the right club. And this is a technique which is used, at chronology, to convince you, literally, that the king has clothes when he's got no clothes on at all. And here's an article here from Harper, it's a book, Harper Collins, who did a lot of school books and college books to make sure you get the, the, the authorized false impressions of how the world is and how it's been. And here they're at it, doing an Al Gore uh, little piece, because it says a row comes over British Atlas showing Greenland. Now, the, the Times Comprehensive Atlas is the biggest atlas book put out every year, the most prestigious too, supposedly, you see. 
And this is what happened. A row was raging Tuesday over the Times Comprehensive Atlas of the World, often considered the most prestigious and authoritative over its depiction of a reduced ice sheet over Greenland. Polar scientists took the issue with the publisher's claim that there had been a 15% shrinkage in the ice sheet over the last 12 years. The maps show a much greener coastline around the giant island, part of the Kingdom of Denmark. The 544-page atlas, which costs £150 or $236 or €172, Euros, is relied on and trusted by governments around the world, international organizations including the United Nations, the European Commission and the media companies, uh, publisher HarperCollins said. The company admitted Tuesday that the 15% figure was incorrect, but said it stood by the accuracy of the new maps in the 13th edition of the Atlas. So they admit it's incorrect, but it's stand by its findings. Right? The Times Atlas is renowned for its authority, and we do our utmost to maintain that reputation, they said in a statement. They also said, in compiling the content of the Atlas, we consult experts in order to depict the world as accurately as possible. And, and then, but for the launch of the latest edition of the Atlas, a company issued publicity material, which admitted was misleading with regard to the Greenland statistics. This material had said the newly exposed land was green and ice-free. Uh, this is concrete evidence of how climate change is altering the face of the planet forever, and doing so at an alarming and accelerating rate, HarperCollins said. So again, it's all hype and lies, you see. And and so they, they really hyped this up to make people fall for it. It says, since the 10th edition in 1999, we have had to erase 15% of Greenland's uh, once permanent ice sheet, the company said. This, is, this was a propaganda. While global warming has played a role in this direction, it's also a result of the much more accurate data and in-depth research that is now available. Then experts from Scott Polar Research Institute, part of the prestigious University of Cambridge in eastern England, had strongly challenged these assertions, as well as the maps themselves. Recent satellite images of Greenland make it clear there are still in fact numerous glaciers and permanent ice cover where the New Times Atlas shows ice-free and green conditions and the emergence of new lands, they said in the open letter. Absolute lies, you see. We do not know why this error occurred, but it's regrettable that the claims drastic reduction in the extent of ice in Greenland has created headlines news around the world. There is to our knowledge no support for this claim in the public scientific literature. The new edition of the Atlas includes an estimated 25,000 updates and 7,000 changes to place names, its website says. So there's an Al Gore goof that they did on purpose to lie to the public and to make sure all the youngsters are getting brainwashed in a thousand different ways but other things too, uh, get enough brainwashing to do with, oh my God, the glaciers are all melting. The same old rubbish they've been spouting off for since the 1970s. So there you go, caught in the act. And uh, this, was this, this big, incredible Times Comprehensive Atlas, uh, very prestigious, is meant to uh, just indoctrinate and lie to a whole bunch of young people and governments. Not that the governments mind because they deal with lies all the time. Now, another article here too is to do with your drinking water because, you know, you, you would not believe what you're drinking and it's, it's not just to, to terrify people. I don't believe in just giving out scary news, uh, and which mainly the, the media deals with, but... We've already found there are hormones in drinking water. There's lots of estrogen and so on in drinking water. we found various other things too, never mind the stuff they add to it on purpose. Maybe the estrogens as well, who knows? I would not put it past them. 
but uh, they've, they've also found art, uh, artificial sweeteners. And it says, for those of you who are aware of the health dangers posed by artificial sweeteners and avoid them, uh, the featured study findings may come as a shocking surprise. Researchers have found that the artificial sweetener sucralose, which is called Splenda, is a widespread contaminant in wastewater, surface water, and groundwater. In recent tests, water samples from 19 U.S. drinking water treatment plants serving more than 28 million people were analyzed for sucralose. The sweetener was found to be present in the source water uh, of 15 out of 19 drinking water treatment plants tested, in the finished water of 13 out of 17 plants, and in 8 out of 12 water distribution systems. The average amounts of sucralose in source water and finished water was 440 nanograms per litre and 350 nanograms per litre, respectively. And according to the study, further in, further in the subset of drinking water treatment plants with distribution system water samples, the compound was found to persist regardless of the presence of residual chlorine or chloramines. The result of the study confirmed that sucralose is an indicator compound for the presence of other recalcitrant uh, compounds in finished drinking water. In other words, it can't be broken down, even though it's, it's, it's organic or synthetic. Uh, the, the chemicals they add will not break it down, so it goes straight into your your system and into your body. What it does in your body, it destroys all the healthy bacteria in your guts. It gives you lots of problems. And um, uh, it says here too, reduce the. Um, um, this was this was actually published in an animal study where they generally test all stuff. So on. Reduced the amount of good bacteria in the animals' intestines by 50%. Increased the pH level in the intestines. Co- contributes to an increase in body weight. Well, that's everywhere now. And affected P glycoprotein levels in such a way that the crucial health-related drugs, so drugs you're on for your heart, whatever, uh, AIDS, uh, even chemotherapy drugs, uh, it knocks them out of action, basically, and, and render, renders them neutral. So it's it's a rather nasty thing to have in your drinking water. So it's the fact that Splenda can disrupt a 50% of your healthy bacteria is truly disturbing as these help maintain your body's overall balance of friendly versus unfriendly microorganisms and support your overall immunity and health generally. Uh, many people are already deficient in healthy bacteria due to choosing highly processed foods, which is why a high quality probiotic is one of the very few supplements that's recommended for nearly everyone anyway. It also affects your fertility. Well, of course, everything that they put out in there to poison you affects your fertility. It's a big part of the agenda, of course. And uh, it, it, it goes on and on. I'll put this up tonight, this, this particular link, and let you, you see them. It's quite amazing what it does. It's actually classed up there, by the way. Uh, its molecular structure uh, is very close to DDT and Agent Orange. Quite something, eh? And this is what you're, you're given to drink now. It's, it's in your drinking water, whether you like it or not. So, <laughs> well, it's only one of the things, as I say. You've got to be aware of these things and try to get alternative supplies, if you can, of drinking water. If you know someone with a good deep well, try and be friends with them or even pay them to, to take water out once a week or something like that. Now, as we go through this wonderful uh, unification of Europe is to get more tighter and, and closer together as what's left of people like places like Britain uh, through the last of their cash money or their tax money, not at the people, but at their, at, again, hands across the sea. We're all in it together, interdependence, etc. Uh, and, and they're burdened with taxes. They're going to bail out every other country on the planet. 
job centers, the job centers over there uh, are to send the poor and the hungry to charity food banks now. This is what the government's now told them. Tens of thousands of benefit claimants, unemployed, will be referred to food banks by the government, which is worried that many Britons face a stark choice between starvation or feeding themselves by begging or stealing. They'd rather have you getting money from the food banks than, uh, not money but food, uh, rather than go and rampaging and stealing, you see, to feed yourself. And it says here, um, the move comes amid glowing levels of food poverty, fueled by rising food prices, we're getting that everywhere, and higher rates of unemployment. Under the scheme, people whose benefits have been delayed or have been refused crisis loans will be referred to the local food bank. And they begin given basic items such as tin food, baked beans, meat, fish, and pasta. So, 70 food banks you start, and then it'll just go on from there. Back with more after this. Hi folks, we're back. This is Cutting Through the Matrix. Interesting to see too that the US and Australia now are tying, uh, tying ties, closer ties together in the military. So it says here, military ties between the US and Australia are set to take the biggest leap forward in 30 years with defense and security officials from the two countries meeting in San Francisco Thursday to lay the groundwork for much closer cooperation. Washington and Canberra are set to finalize agreements that will give the U.S. military unfettered access to bases in Australia, a big step forward that will provide the U.S. with a foothold between the Indian and Pacific Oceans. It looks like the U.S. has got a lot more to do in the world before it is totally broke, you know. And it is, really, that's the whole idea, is to finish off, standardize the world and then collapse. So it'd be interesting to see and keep an eye on that and see what they mean by that, because what do they mean by closer ties and unfettered access and all the rest of it? Uh, they'll be building other bases too. They're building more bases across the whole planet. They've got them everywhere, and they've been doing it since the days of Reagan, permanent, long-term bases. And they're also building a massive new prison in Bagram in Afghanistan, this is Obama administration announced plans for hundreds of billions of dollars more in domestic budget cuts. It late last week uh, solicited bids for the construction of a massive new prison in Bagram, Afghanistan, posted on the aptly named FedBizOps.gov website, which it uses to announce new privatized spending projects. The administration unveiled plans for the construction of detention facility in Parwan, Bagram, Afghanistan, which includes detainee housing capability for approximately 2,000 detainees. It will also feature guard towers, administrative facility and vehicle personal access control gates, security surveillance and restricted access systems. Announcement provided the estimated cost of the project is between uh, $25 million to $100 million. Well, they'll weigh more than $100 million. They always underplay them until they, and they build it halfway through and say they've run out of money. We need another $100 million, million. So that's the way it goes. And the U.S. prisons are so widely overcrowded that courts are ordering them to release inmates en masse because conditions are so inhumane as to be unconstitutional. Today, the FBI documented that a drug uh, arrest occurs in the U.S. once every 19 seconds. But as everyone knows, only insane extremists and frivolous potheads advocate an end to that war. 
in the U.S. budgetary constraints are so severe that entire grades are being eliminated, use of street lights restricted, and the most basic services abolished for the nation's neediest. But the U.S. proposes to spend up to $100 million on a sprawling new prison in Afghanistan. Budgetary madness to the side uh, is going to be yet another addition to what Human Rights First recently documented as oppressive due process-free prison regime the U.S. continues to maintain around the world. Well, it's not really. It's because you've got more countries to bomb uh, and invade, and they need bases everywhere to do it. And they're keeping you safe, you know. They're keeping the whole world safe for this private fascist system or crew that's in charge of the U.S. It's been there for an awful long time, actually. And um, it will be there for an awful long time to come, I'm afraid. So anyway, that's part of it. And then they're also putting up, uh, uh, I'm going to add to the one in, in Iraq as well, is some, some of the troops pull out this massive complex that they built there, multi-million dollar project, they're going to add to that as well. So it's amazing that there's always money for war, isn't there? Have you ever wondered about that? I mean, you can plod along for years and nothing much happens except we're always broke, we're always broke. We can't help the health care, we can't help anything. And then suddenly a war comes and, and bingo, there's all kinds of projects on the go for new fighter planes and weird missiles and all those things. This comes out the blue, you know. The whole thing, what I'm trying to say, is a scam. The whole system. It's a scam. And most folk can't believe it's all a scam because, because it's been there their whole lives. They think it's all quite normal, this particular system. You're run by professionals. Your minds are run by professionals. Have been since the day that you can understand their first words because even your parents were brainwashed into the system. And they didn't know to warn you. Therefore, you were not warned. And therefore, everything must be natural since it exists. And you're born into it. It's as simple as that. You adopt it without thinking. And there's nothing really natural in the system at all. Run by professionals for an awful, awful long time. And so many of them are in the private sector. Uh, and they move from the private sector as CEOs back into government, back and forth all the time. Uh, especially Monsanto, it's one of the most beautiful examples. I think there was a, a CEO of, of Monsanto. She, she moved into government four times and four times back to Monsanto, always into government, into the Food and Drug Administration to get the laws changed. Then once she had it done, she went back to Monsanto. It's just a revolving door. And you understand, these people with all this power, they're not elected to anything. Most of the powerful people who really run countries are not elected. They're appointed. And that again ties in with the parallel government that Quigley talked about. Others talked about it too. But uh, he talked about it, and, and he said that um, that they must, of course, get so much uh, what they call uh, service in. Services working for government, then go into the private sector, then back into service. Quite a service, isn't it, uh, to, to get to load yourself with that kind of cash once you get out of it. Big, big money and, and servicing. You know, servicing, too, is a farming word. You know what servicing means? You know, that's why they call themselves public servants. They, they shaft the public, basically. That's where it comes from. Anyway, it goes on and on, this kind of stuff. But the U.S. have hundreds and hundreds of bases across the world now. And it was Gene Kirkpatrick, who was a communist, uh, that Reagan brought on board with the great idea when he was in, uh, because she had this plan for, rather than just going to war once in a while, why not, since we're going to take the whole world on, uh, build permanent bases across the whole planet. And that's what they've been doing ever since. Back with more after this break.
listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. We're back cutting through the matrix. Psychopaths run the world, and the materialistic psychopaths, too, who uh, recognize each other. There's no doubt about it. They form clubs, uh, and uh, it's much easier to form a club when you already come from families that breed psychopaths because you can breed them. Uh, there's no doubt about that at all. And um, they go to the best schools to, to learn how to be better psychopaths and to fool the little guy who, who's not a psychopath. And uh, and they, they get away with, well, sometimes even murder because they can't restrain themselves at times. They don't see why they should restrain themselves at all. They don't think like you. They have no moral qualms about anything. And we've all heard about Strauss Kahn, who was the director of the, the head of this, the, the IMF for a while. He could be a very aggressive character. I've seen him in some interviews, too. He could suddenly lose his cool and become awfully aggressive. But um, he was also slated to be the next prime minister of France, and that's just why they, they had to get rid of this rape charge to get him back into the, the good boys club, basically, at least for the public opinion. The, the guys at the top don't care what you've done because they've all done similar stuff anyway. They live a completely different life than you. Can, than, than you. And the Caligula parties that they go to are, is, is just their, their normal fare, basically. Anyway, Strauss-Kahn's first interview since returning to France, and of course, it would be well played out and scripted, I'm sure. But he said... Um, the former head of the International Monetary Fund says it was a moral failing on his part. Raping is just a moral failing now, you see. And it's his first interview since May the 14th, arrest over accusations of sexual assault by the maid uh, Nafiz Satu Diallo. Strauss-Kahn said whatever happened was more than an inappropriate relation. It was an error. Well, what relation is there in raping? Eh? And, of course, they got the Murdoch papers and all the usual boys, Fox News, not to try to cover and, of course, demonize the woman, which is standard procedure, too, in these kind of cases. But regardless, uh, here he is. No shame, because these guys will never blush. They can't blush. They have no shame at all. He was interviewed in France's uh, TFI channel on Saturday evening by Claire Chazelle, a friend of his wife, the broadcaster, Anne Sinclair, a very well-connected family. Mr. Strauss-Kahn says his sexual encounter, his sexual encounter with a New York hotel maid did not involve violence, constraint, or aggression, but still was a moral feeling on his part, adding, I regret it indefinitely. And he probably forgot about that speech five minutes after when he hit the champers. But that's the, the, the kind of characters that really run the world. And uh, they run your lives because you deal in the banking system, the biggest con that's been ever devised. And we all serve this system for them. And believe you me, you, 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 they're predators. You cannot trust a predator ever, ever. That's all they can do is prey on the general public one way or another to uh, aggrandize themselves, basically, and keep themselves in incredible uh, rates of, li- of a level of living, uh, the good life, uh, something you'll never ever see except in the occasional movie. But that's pretty standard. It's like Bill Clinton, too. He didn't blush when he talked about rape, but he was advised by some, some people, actually religious people, uh, not Christian, uh, on the meaning of uh, sex. And this, uh, this particular um, expert said to him, his own expert actually, said to him uh, uh, in a particular religious book that, that, that uh, 
oral sex was, was not regarded as sexual at all. So that's what he used there, and that, made, that, that justified his ego, and he could tell the public that. But regardless of that, the people were, I don't know if people remember, people were dying all around Bill Clinton when he was in office. And there were some reports out recently, too, by books that have come out by people around him, that uh, he he'd sometimes, in a fury, uh, would say, I want that guy killed, and things like that. And this is the real psychopath at work, you see, not the one that he portrays on the television. He's got enough savvy to keep his cool there. But that's what, how they are. And recently, too, he also gave a talk about how Obama should approach um, this, the, the, the conservation of energy in America. And it's on a video, if you can watch it. I couldn't watch it here because of my speed on satellite. And he did talk, though, about uh, the, the, the main um, power, the main power for energy, electrical, etc., should go to industry. And the rest of the public, the general public in their private homes, would have to get uh, personal windmills and solar panels and things to make do. He's basically saying the same thing as Maurice Strong said about 15 years ago. Maurice Strong, the man who came up with the Earth Charter, he said eventually, even in Canada here, that they should put big diesel generators uh, in uh, employment centers and in um, factories, if any factories left, and make sure the industry gets the electricity uh, and cut back on supplying electricity to ordinary folks. So this is an old agenda, but most folk, they don't know about that, so they hear Clinton thinking it's a brand new one. This was all decided many, many years ago. That's the world they want to bring you into under austerity. And the China papers, too, they warn against U.S., uh, they're warning the U.S. against Palestinian UN veto. Palestine um, is trying to get some kind of recognition in the United Nations. It's the closest thing to being recognized as an actual uh, existing people. And up till, up till now, of course, apparently that we've been told by Israel and the U.S. that there's no such place as Palestine. Never was. Even the Romans called, even though the Romans called them Palestinians because they lived there. But anyway, um, you'll find that it's not politically correct to, to, for, to get their own little place or statehood or anything else. And that's on the table right now is, is a recognition of what's left of Palestine. And I don't hold any hope for it at all because Israel and the U.S. are completely against them getting any uh, rights whatsoever. So they're doomed as the outcasts forever, obviously, uh, outside of this wonderful world order. Anyway, so the China says, um, word on Friday of a spike in tensions in the Middle East if the U.S. vetoed the Palestinian bid for membership in the United Nations next week. As peace talks with Israel's uh, stall, Palestinian President Mahmoud Abbas expected to formally submit a request for UN membership next Friday, despite strong objections from Washington that the move would be counterproductive. If the US chooses to fly in the face of world opinion and block the Palestinian UN bid next week, not only will Israel become more isolated, but tensions in the region will be heightened even more, said the China Daily. The majority of the international community deems an independent state as the inalienable right of the Palestinians, the English language daily said in an editorial echoing Beijing's official position on the issue. The planned request by the Palestinians for UN membership comes almost a year after direct peace talks with Israel ran aground due to dispute over Israel's construction of settlements on occupied Palestinian land. But the U.S. has threatened to veto the move if it's made within the U.N. Security Council, saying it would harm prospects for peace talks and that a Palestinian state can only result from negotiations with Israel. So that's their excuse for it. They don't want uh, them to get their, their rights or any kind of recognition at all. 
And that'll be the end of that for another, until there's no one left here, of course. Which is the agenda, by the way, yeah. Now, the IMF, this International Monetary Fund, is supposed to give up to its full status. It's already been given access to do the books of all the countries belonging to this, or sorry, the column states now, belonging to this new EU super-Soviet system. Uh, they're, they're really hyping up all global collapse, etc., if we don't do things fast, which means give them the power to run the world. That's really what they're after, along with the World Bank and the Bank for International Settlements. And it says the global economy has entered a dangerous new phase of sharply lower growth, according to the International Monetary Fund. Now, I mentioned yesterday about this strange thing I thought about when I was young in school, and they talked about the human race. And I thought, well, what is a race? A race is something you, you either win or you lose. And then, you see, then I saw different cultures racing next to me in my mind, and I thought, is that what they mean by that? They're all pitting them all against each other for this human race thing, this eugenical thing. And then, of course, they, they, into that, too, they bring in that the fact is we must all compete with each other all through school, and then countries have got to compete with other countries for sales. It's, so we are just part of a big business, you understand. It's nothing to do, your system, your, your culture, your government, has nothing to do with looking after your wishes and for the best of your health, mentally and physically, etc. But actually to make sure that you work in this, this system, this corporation, and that's where your, your country really is, and, and compete with other nations as you race to the bottom for the lowest wages, because that's what you have to do. And since everything's based on maximizing the profits, uh, which either means you, you produce more and sell more, and if you can't do that, then you cut the, the, the wages of the people who work, then you're always going to be stuck in this never-never land of, of, of producing, 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 uh, right to the bottom. And therefore, the guys who invest as well all expect the returns to go up and up and up for some strange reason. I don't know why, but I suppose that's how it's supposed to be. And they call that growth, you see. So here they go on talking about growth. It says we're a dangerous new phase of sharply lowered growth, says the IMF. What happens when you stop growing, eh? According to the International Money Fund. Or it warned that continuing political and economic wars in the U.S. and Eurozone could force them back into recession. Like, we, we haven't been out of recession. It says the prognosis for economies in the developed world is weak and bumpy expansion. It predicts their GDP will expand at an anemic pace of 1.5% in 2011. They believe that, the IMF believes that global growth will shrink to 4% in 2012 from 5% last year on factors such as major financial turbulence in the Eurozone. It slashed its growth projection for the 17-nation Eurozone to 1.6% in 2011, down from 2% predicted in June. Next year, growth will be 1.1% down from the 1.7% at forecast. Why are we all living at the whims of economists without the statistics? Eh? Because, you see, private money Private money is issued in every country at massive interest rates. Your government borrows it all, and there's nothing left to really put back in the public. They don't want to put money back into the public pocket or give you the proper health care or anything else which you deserve after you're paying for it all. You're paying to take factories overseas to third-world countries, but they still want you to compete to the bottom, compete with China, and, and the Far East and different countries and compete, compete, compete. Isn't it time we grew up and stopped, stopped this competition nonsense? 
Because we don't benefit. Only the guys who designed it benefit. That's why it's designed that way. And we should be looking back home, not abroad, anywhere else. You're only in charge of your own little area. And we're told we're international now. And they want to give you an international bosses in some super world government far, far across the sea. Well, believe you me, there's no representation there. It's bad enough trying to go to your local council and stir up things. But how are you going to go to those places? Well, it's not meant to. You're supposed to go into this new wonderful system. You're post-democratic. That's what the Club of Rome said. Democracy is too cumbersome. You have all these special interest groups fighting each other. Well, they should know since they created all the, the special interest groups to, to, to fight amongst each other. That was a club responsible, along with other foundations that fund them all. In order that they could turn around and say, look, it won't work, so we do, democracy doesn't work. So therefore, you need a new system that's post-democratic. Scientists, academia, the experts will run your lives for you. On behalf of big business, of course. And that's why you're in the mess you're in today. I also want to mention this article about uh, Zelikov. Zelikov is well known quite a few years back. He's a, a real lifelong technocrat. The ones who work behind the scenes, their names are seldom in the paper. They, don't, they never get uh, elected to anything. They're always appointed by a lifer he is. Zelikov is appointed to Obama's Intelligence Advisory Board. President Obama appointed Philip Zelikoff, Associate Team for Graduate Academic Programs in the University of Virginia's Graduate School of Arts and Sciences to serve on the President's Intelligence and Advisory Board, the White House announced t- Tuesday. Now, he studied law. That was a, He was a lawyer. He had really good connections. Anyway, it says, uh, White Berkshire Miller, Professor of History, will remain with the university while serving on the board, which serves as an independent source of advice to President on the intelligence community's effectiveness in meeting the nation's intelligence needs and the vigor of blah, 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 blah. I'll skip half of this thing here. Anyway, he's a valued colleague, it says, exceptional scholar, highly skilled administrator with a distinguished record of service in government and academia, said Meredith Jung N. Wu, Dean of College and Graduate School of Arts and Sciences. This appointment reflects his and the university's longstanding commitment to education and public service. We're pleased that he will be able to serve. Again, you're getting served. You're going to shaft the public and our country in this important role while continuing to oversee the college's graduate academic programs as well as international initiatives and partnerships. Now, this is the guy uh, who worked for Bush. The Bush bought a bunch of... All, all the neoconservatives, neocons are in there with the, with the neo-dibs, you see. Uh, Debs and, and uh, the neo, neo-libs, I should say. That they're all in, they're all on board again. They're all in the same positions, by the way. Some of them behind the scenes, but the same bunch. They've never moved out, really. And this is the guy who came out with, uh, with, um, preemptive strike. They, they borrowed that from, from the, 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 they said it was the Israel technique. If you suspect down the road someone might attack you, then you, you get them first. On a suspicion. And it was the first strike, uh, and preemptive strike, they call it. So he's the guy who introduced that into the whole system, which we're still using today, of course. He began his career as a trial, uh, as a trial and uh, appellate lawyer in Texas, and his former career diplomat whose posts overseas in Washington include service in the National Security Council, staff of President George H.W. Bush. He's also part of the New American Century. I'll put a link up to that as well. And you can see how he contributed to that. His books include, uh, it says, um, Germany Unified and Europe Transformed, written with former U.S. Secretary of State Condoleezza Rice. And you'll find that preemptive stuff in there too. 
The Candidate Tapes with Ernest May and Essence of Decision with Graham Allison. In recent years, the Lakoff has taken two public service leaves from academia to return full-time to government service. 2003-04 to direct the 9-11 Commission. He's the guy who directed the 9-11 Commission, eh? And 2005-07 as Councillor for the Department of State, a deputy to Rice. He also advises the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation Program and Global Development. That's where they inject people across the world to make sure they'll never have enough smarts to rebel. And as a consultant to the Office of the Secretary of Defence. It's amazing that he, a lawyer... Uh, then tell a little bit of history, dabbled in history a wee bit, uh, and got all these wonderful positions appointed to him. And and then here he is, and all these fingers and all these pies, eh? He joined the college faculty in 98 and also served as director of the Miller Center for seven years. Quite something. Also, all the, all the old American century bunch that, that, that believed in revolutionary democracy, which means you, if you, you try and do it by soft power, which is called revolutions, and if, then you back it up with hard power, which is war. You just invade and force them to be democratic. Uh, this is one of the guys who helped design that system, working to advise Obama. Just amazing how nothing really changes. It's all in your face too, isn't it? Nothing really changes at all. And now there's some callers on the line there, and I'll see if I can take them. There's Barrett from Idaho there. Are you there, Barrett? Yes, I'm here. Hi, yes. Alan. How are you doing? I was glad. I'm good. Well, actually, you know, things are tough for everybody because the dollar's being overprinted. Uh, <clears throat> make the long story short, I, I, um, you know, oligarchy, I was taught at 10 years old what an oligarchy was, but I didn't know what it looked like in real life. Um, but I can say now, uh, being 46, um, that... You know, we're today. You hold that and we'll come back after this break. Hi, folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix and talking to Barrett from Idaho. About oligarchy. You still here, Barrett? Okay. Hello? Um, I've been in a lot of states in the Union. I was in the military for three years. And I've noticed from 05 to now that there's these chemtrails. And I'm wondering, because I see them stop. I, I've been watching the skies. And you see them spray for a mile or two or 20, and then they stop. And they spray something else and it falls. Mm-hmm. Oh, what? I mean, I know it's for weather modification because when they spray heavy one day before, the next day it rains like hell. Yeah, I had that. It's all day, cloudy yeah. and, it, and everybody gets sick to nose. My eyes start burning and yeah. I, I don't usually have allergies. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm wondering what your take is on, do uh, you think they're, they're like uh, trying to, you know, give us... Uh, well, they're, they're experimenting, you know. I mean, look at 9-11. There was guys, there was a Buddhist uh, priest that used to be on TV in Portland, uh, Eli Jackson Bear is his name. And uh, his wife's name is, uh, I can't remember her name right now. But she says that it's a slave planet. Yeah, and it is. He, and he said that, too. He went to 9-11 when all the dust was still there. It's all, it's all... Uh, 
what is that stuff that gives asbestos. you uh, asbestos? Asbestos, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm thinking, you know, I'm, I'm hearing from people in Hawaii that, because uh, I watched this uh, documentary, it was called, What in the Heck Are They Spraying on Us? And I, I think they're spraying a whole bunch of different stuff because I've watched jets go from horizon to horizon. They stop, and it looks yeah. normal. And they'll start spraying something else that you can see that's falling. Yeah. yeah. So, well, there's uh, no doubt about it. Are they experimenting us? Are they trying to make us take it's not vaccines? It's not experimentation. They're past the experimentation phase long ago. They're actually, I think they're actually altering us. There's no doubt about it. They're, 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 they're helping to destroy what's left of any immune system after all the shots that we got, because that's, that really was what the shots were for. They sterilized a lot of the public and they also helped up disrupt and destroy the immune system. It, modern medical students are, are all taught it's quite normal for society to have uh, uh, suppressed immune systems today. They're taught that's normal. Didn't say why it's normal, it's just taught us normal. Well, it's through injections. But the spraying, the spraying has been going on for many, many years now. It's daily here up where I am, generally. And, um, uh, again, you have to go into the works of Teller. Teller, who invented the H-bomb, he suggested they spray the whole atmosphere. Um, yeah, the, to, well, and, when, they, when they bombed the Japanese, um, they, they only claimed one bomb, but there was two. Yeah. Hiroshima and Nagasaki, but they only claim one now. The 33rd degree, yeah. yeah. But the thing, thing is with the spraying, though, the spraying, that they, they, they do put, they want to put sulfites in them and sulfurs, and I think they're already putting the sulfurs in them, and possibly cadmium, too. I've seen yellow rain here back uh, in February. It's radioactive. Well, it's, it's highly, it's highly carcinogenic. I mean, the, the puddles here were yellow. It wasn't any blossom floating over. Uh, this was because this was only February, and I've had this uh, twice now. So they're, they're heavily dosed, and um, uh, there's other things in it too. Now, initially, Teller also devised this kind of stuff. You see the very light color stuff uh, that was designed as, as a polymer type. Uh, it's designed to bring down. I can see it falling immediately. Yeah, it's, it's designed to bring down bacterium and viruses. That's what it was first designed to do for, for warfare purposes. So they're bringing down other things on, on us as well. I've no doubt about it. And, um, uh, two years ago, I had moles coming out the ground after the rains, uh, dying, coming up to die all over the place. I, I think, I think personally they're experimenting on us. I think they just want to kill us, to be honest with you. I, th- I think they just want to help rush up the death rate. That's, that's a good part of it. Every, everyone, everyone's sick, though. Yeah. But thanks for calling, though. Yeah. But thanks for calling, though, Barrett. From Hamish myself, Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me. God or God's go with you. And remember to support me financially, or else I'd simply shan't be around. Thank you.